Parents sometimes avoid expressing their own emotions, especially negative ones, in front of their children. And this might be an attempt to shield them from discomfort, but it can also create an environment where children learn to suppress their own emotions as well. Life, he has to fight his demons, change his perspective, leave behind the life of lies and scheming. When your family's at stake, there's no impunity. Every choice he makes can trickle down to his community. Building foundations from hard work and patience. These are the lessons we'll be passing down for generations. A place where men won't just accept their fate quietly. Welcome to the Modern Dad Society. Welcome back to the Modern Dad Society podcast, where we understand that our children learn from our actions, not just our words. We believe in personal development, highlighting the powerful influence of staying present and making conscious choices in shaping our lives and the legacy we pass down to the next generation. If this is your first time here, I am your host, DeShazer, and I want to thank you for being here to consume and take in information that I give you. So I don't know how you heard about it, but I'm glad you're here. And what I like to do is take a second, a moment of gratitude to remind ourselves that we are here in this moment right now. So wherever you are, if you've been here, you already know, go ahead and breathe in and breathe out. Do that a few times. If you need to pause the podcast, go ahead and do it. But I definitely want you to take a moment to breathe in that beautiful oxygen and let it flow through your blood cells. Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, thank you for being here. Make sure you are following me on all social media platforms as I continue to put out t- uh, content for you to consume throughout the week. <laughs> so um, our last episode was really good. I enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it. And our last episode, we were talking about healing the pain of past trauma. And I wanted to segue into something a little bit deeper. Um, and if you're listening, just know that... Uh, So this topic is five ways to become more vulnerable with our children. And I want to be more vulnerable with you. I'm setting my pride aside because there's no point in me wanting to help others. And I'm not going to be honest. And as we move deeper into this vulnerability, I want to reveal some things about me as a father, me as a man, me as a son that I hope will help you to also be more vulnerable and the people that you love around you. But I will be more, I will become more vulnerable with you with these episodes to come just because I want to be the first to shine light on some things that I believe that we should talk about that a lot of people don't want to talk about. But for now, uh, again, these are five ways to become more vulnerable with our children um, in a society that often has predefined roles for fathers how can we redefine fatherhood and include vulnerability and emotional connection? I'll be sharing these five ways to become more vulnerable in hopes that this grows the intimacy. Yes, I said intimacy between you and your family. It doesn't have to be anything weird, but we need more intimacy when it comes to the, our loved ones. Because when we shut them out from our heart, from our true self, then we shut them out from progress in our relationship, in our family. If you want to do that outside the home, I get it, you know, but 
when it comes to your family, you have to allow yourself to be open, open up your heart because tomorrow's not promised. And I always talk about this. And so we want to make sure that we're showing and resonating as much as love as possible. So in some segments, I want to talk about these things and I want to start with the root of suppressed vulnerability. So throughout history, survival instincts played a pivotal role in shaping societal norms. In times of adversity, showing vulnerability could be perceived as a risk of one's survival. The evolution of these instincts into cultural norms has invertedly led to the suppression of vulnerability. So in societies where physical strength and emotional resilience were essential for survival, individuals learn to mask their vulnerability as means of protection. While this adaptation served a purpose in the past, it has lingered into the present, affecting how vulnerability is perceived and expressed. So are we vulnerable with our children? Question mark. <laughs> That's literally wrote down in my notes. So I, I thought I would, you know, do something different. <laughs> but are we vulnerable with them? Because when we uh, eliminate and put up those barriers of this hardcore dad mode, you know, it doesn't allow them to be able to learn how to be vulnerable themselves. So one thing, which is number one, uh, in some, you know, understanding how to be vulnerable, more vulnerable with our children is emotional openness. So parents sometimes avoid expressing their own emotions, especially negative ones in front of their children. And this might be attempt to shield them from discomfort, but it can also create an environment where children learn to suppress their own emotions as well. So let's be more comfortable to tell them things because it makes them more comfortable to tell us things. And I always, I have daughters, right? The only way that they're going to understand how men work is through me. And so if they're not comfortable enough to talk to us about, talk to me about certain things, then I'm not going to be able to answer their questions and cater to the needs that they need for their development and learning how to live in this social society, especially when it comes to other men. So we have to create more of an intimate relationship with our kids by being vulnerable with them. One thing that I had to be aware of is that, uh, that I, I apologized often. I apologized often. I never want to be a person where I think I got it all together. It's not a sign of weakness. I've said this before when it comes to weakness versus strength. Because when you're apologizing and you admit when you're wrong with something, your children start to trust you more because when you're seeing someone as this perfect person, this God, right? It's hard from, for you to build a true, genuine connection when, you know, we're human beings. Clearly, we're not. We're not this perfect person that's got it all together all the time. And so, when something happens in our life, when we do things that we know we're wrong, okay, we have to be able to apologize. And there was an incident the other day where uh, I got into this argument with my oldest, Ava, right? She's very argumentative. And we were talking about the, um, the name of one of the Ninja Turtles, okay? And for me, I thought his name was like Ralph, you know, but evidently she watched this cartoon and it's Ra Ralph Rafa or whatever. I don't know. But I really argued her and I was like, hey, that's not the name like you. You can't, you know, be, you know, um, 
uh, be stuck on this idea and make it seem like you know because it's going to make you seem slow. I literally said that. I, you know, I'm not proud of it. But at the end of the day, I told her, I was like, hey, you know, you, you sound slow when, you know, you make it seem like you know and you really are, are wrong. And she was just staring at me. And the stare was a stare of confidence. I'm not going to lie to you to the point where I had to go on my phone under the table and kind of look up this name. And it turns out that I was the slow one because it, he, he does go by the name that she was saying. And my wife was like, yeah, you got to be careful because that's her favorite show. <laughs> so, you know, I had to say, you know what? OK, I apologize. You're right. This is the name he goes by. So, yeah, I apologize. And so and why? Because I don't want her to feel and lose confidence in herself. Even when she knows she's right, I could play a huge role in her, the lack of self-esteem in a matter. Because if she's talking to a young girl or somebody her age, right? I want her to have the confidence in what she's saying. And she's not going to have the confidence if I know that I'm wrong about something, but I never admit that and apologize for that. So to me, that was an example of emotional openness, being open to understanding that I'm not perfect and being open to um, uh, be honest about my imperfections. And I really believe at her age, she really appreciated that and understand of, you know, how that made her feel. So number two is avoid authoritarian parenting. I talked about this in episode one, part two of knowing yourself as a father and we talked about what uh, this authoritarian parent, uh, parenting is, okay? And it's a sh pretty much, in a nutshell, it's a strict form of parenting. And so authoritarian parenting styles can create an environment where children are afraid to express their true feelings or opinions or fear um, for fear of punishment or disapproval. So this can hinder open communication. I talked about it before when I was in a car ride and my wife was telling me about I mean, my wife, my daughter, sometimes it seems that way. My daughter was talking about uh, some boy she had liked and she felt comfortable enough to tell me about it. Why? Because I didn't I'm not the one to sit here and be like, oh, uh, you don't need to be talking to boys. You don't need to do that. like, no, I listen first. The biggest thing that we need to do, especially when dealing with young women is listening. And so I would listen and I always say, too, we don't have to address certain things in that moment. Sometimes you have to take a second. And step back, gain your composure, because it's a lot to hear when, you know, you're at the time she was, what, six years old? When your six-year-old daughter says she's liking a boy. <laughs> but to sit here and start beating someone down for them experiencing their feelings about certain people or certain situations, then it's not allowing them to not only communicate openly, but also navigate what that means to them and how that's defined. And so it's something we did address. Obviously we talked about it. And usually when it's something serious like that, I'll sit down with my wife and we'll, we'll have a conversation of the best way to address it together. Maybe we'll sit down together, have the conversation, or maybe I'll talk to my wife and it's a conversation that she can have. But either way, sitting here and addressing and being that dad, that father, that man, <laughs> you know, that's just like, has to have that authoritarian you know, um, uh, act on everything is not always the most positive way to handling all the situations. So let's talk about the problem instead of just disciplining everything that happens just because it triggers you. So number three is sharing your personal story. 
my wife and I are always sharing our personal story with our children because there's things that they go through in life. There's things they experience in school. And to be able to share our personal experiences, because I think, I don't know about you, but I know that, you know, it makes it our parents more relatable when we remember it when we were kids and they told us about times of when, you know, what they did when they were children. Because kids, I think we believe, at least me, when I was a kid, I believe that my parents just popped up as adults. You know, I never really thought about the idea that they were children at once. So being relatable in that aspect is so important and sharing your stories actually allows yourself to be more vulnerable with them, but also too, it helps them understand that we've been there and it's going to take some time. You have to constantly reiterate it and let them know and remind them that, you know, we were kids, we dealt with this and it can get frustrating at times, but the older they get and the more they have this planted into their mind, the easier it is for them to be vulnerable, for them to be vulnerable and understand how to navigate their certain issues. So actually sharing those stories are important. And when you want to do that is when something happens, um, like at school or they're telling a story of, you know, an issue they have with a friend, share a story with them about an issue you had when you were a child or even as an adult. Maybe you're at work and you're telling them like, you know, daddy had an issue um, with a coworker and the coworker was being very mean to daddy. And I had to handle it this way, especially when you're telling them in regards to, uh, uh, you know, being an adult now, that really means a lot to them because they, you know, it's like, man, my problems are your problems. <laughs> you know, it makes them feel like their problems are actually kind of cool. So you want to make sure you're sharing those personal stories with them because it truly matters and it will truly change the way that they handle the situations. And it creates more of a vulnerability, uh, more vulnerable relationship between you and your children. Okay. So number four is promote opportunities to have difficult conversations. I think, you know, we're going with this. (laughs) A lot of parents avoid discussing challenging topics like mental health relationships or difficult life experiences. However, addressing these subjects openly age appropriately can create trust and understanding. So it's important to have the talk. Now, when are you supposed to have the talk? (laughs) What's the talk? You know, birds and the bees, right? Things that are could make you feel a little bit awkward or uncomfortable because maybe you don't know how to explain it. Uh, That's definitely a topic that I think that we should have here in the modern dad society. And what better better guests to have or what best guests to have than my wife come on and we talk about how we had those conversations with our children, even at a young age, because let's just be honest. I mean, Disney puts it all in their movies now, right? You, you have all these different types of, you know, situations and scenarios and the way they sneak certain things in, they're going to be curious. And then two, when they're in public school, you got other children who are, you know, exposed to certain things and then they're going to bring it to your kids. And then they come home and they're like, Hey, what's this mean? So the talk is very important. Um, I remember one time we had, uh, we had this, um, babysitter while we were in Phoenix, uh, this girl, her name was princess. And we found her from one of those, um, babysitting apps. Trust me, wasn't my favorite thing to do. Did not want to do it. But at the time, me and my wife, we had her a business in the construction industry and we were running this business and 
we needed to be on site talking to the general contractor about some things and, you know, planning for this project. And so we both had to actually be there for this particular moment. And so we had to get a babysitter because the babysitter we had, we had to fire because she just wasn't showing up and stuff like this. So we had to use one of these apps. And when we got home later, the, you know, the girl was great. She was nice. She was, you know, respectful and the girls loved her. But what got to us was when our daughters came to us telling us about the conversation she had with princess. And what the conversation was, is I guess what happened was she had told our children that um, her mom committed suicide by taking pills. So our daughters is trying to figure out what is that? Like, we, we, yo, we heard from princess that her mom took too many pills and died. Yeah, that wasn't a conversation we were ready to have when it comes to suicide, you know, and, and how you can harm yourself and, and take yourself out of here. That, this wasn't a conversation that we wanted to have at the moment with them because of just the way that they understand things as children. They don't really understand what all that is. But thankfully, our, our children are very smart. So they understand, you know, that there's another life that we transition to after here and that you, you know, go to heaven and, and this, that, and another. So we actually had to force that conversation, um, you know, unexpectedly and sit down and talk about what it all meant. And now to this day, if you bring it up, they're very, they're smart enough to be aware of what that means when you do things to harm yourself that actually takes you into transition from this world into the next. So um, these are some difficult conversations that we had to have. And, you know, it's, it sucks at times because it kind of happens out of nowhere. But like I always say, you don't always have to talk about it right off the bat right? You don't have to address it right then and there. Take some time and even tell them like, okay, cool. Well, we'll talk about it. But you know, me and mommy, or let me talk, you know, if you're separated, not with um, the child, the child's mom or the child's parent, um, then you want to go ahead and, you know, bring it up to them and maybe have that conversation together to make sure that this is addressed. So yes, let's always promote opportunities to have difficult conversations because again what this will allow for more vulnerability between you and your children number five is avoid dismissal of feelings okay so you me i come from a black home okay <laughs> and one of the things that happens and with black americans within that culture, if you will, is the aggression of dismissal of the feelings of the children, you know? So when a child cries and they start to feel, a lot of the times they'll be dismissed on their, the way they feel in their emotions. Stop crying. What are you doing? You're acting like a baby. And so what that does is it creates an anchor of triggers and fear that when they start legitimately start feeling like feeling their feelings, <laughs> these things are new as a child, especially in the ages that I have. They're new, regardless of your six, even when you're a young adult, you know, tween, 12, 13 or whatever, and you're still learning how to express your emotions, even at a young teenage, in the young teenage years, it's important to allow them to feel every single experience and stage in life is a new transition 
a new observation of our, our, our reality around us. And so when you starting different stages of, of, of education in school and you're, you know, met with different trials and different things, um, challenges on your journey, then you're starting to develop new emotions and, and feelings about certain situations. And so if we don't discuss those things with our children, then we're not allowing ourselves to, for one, be vulnerable with them where they can trust us with this, with their information and their problems. But also, too, we're not we're passing down that poison to them where they drink it. And now they have to be able to deal with that as well. So, again, you know what I say? We die with the poison. Don't pass it down. Don't be triggered when you hear crying, especially if you have a son. You know, I always wanted a son specifically so I can teach vulnerability to a young man. I feel like we lack that in this community. There was a video. uh, You should follow him on social media. It's called Belief in Fatherhood. And there was a video where uh, the father takes the son out on a date and he shows them how he should present himself as a man to when he starts dating a woman. And so the question that he asked after the video was, you know, do you think it's acceptable? Or what is your what are your opinions when it comes to taking your son on a date? Because you see the mom taking the son or the father taking the daughter, or even the mom taking the daughter, but you don't really see men taking their son out on dates. And I res- responded, I said, Hey, respect. I'm down for it because this is the problem in society now is that we're not allowing ourselves to, uh, you know, say it's okay for us to be emotionally available to our sons, even if it is taking them out on a date. There was another controversial a video of a gospel singer, well-known gospel singer named Smokey Norfolk, and they he had a, posted a picture on social media of his young adult son laying in his chest in his arms on the couch, and the comments went wild. Why would you do that? That is a boy. That is a man, and you're a man, and that's gay, and this, that, and other. Unacceptable. I'm gonna tell you right now, my son's one years old. I cuddle with him now. I'm gonna cuddle with him the rest of his life. Why? Because I love my son. I'm not Will Smith or anything and kissing him in the lips on public TV. But at the same time, we have to be okay when it comes to our sons to show that love to them. Because when we show that to them, they're going to be able to show that to their kids. And especially when they decide that they want to get married and take on a wife, how are they going to learn how to be emotionally available with them if we're not teaching them how to treat a woman, how to love a woman? right? It doesn't have to be weird, but we can be open. We can open our hearts up to our sons and not just our daughters, right? So I'm always hugging on my son, cuddling with my son. I'm going to do that for the rest of his life. Bless his heart, but he's going to have a daddy that loves him. So uh, being able to uh, be emotionally available and vulnerable like that to our sons is so important when it comes to that. So that's number five. Avoid dismissal of, uh, dismissal of feelings um, and allow them to feel. We talked about this in episode three, healing the pain of our past trauma. Uh, when it comes to uh, being aware of allowing kids to feel and how they need to learn to allow their emotions to move in and out. Um, and so they're learning how to express themselves. They're learning how to deal with these emotions that are so new, especially with younger kids. And so when we shut them down 
and close them off, then we're not being there for them. They're not going to be able to trust us with those emotions and they're not going to know how to deal with it. And there is a difference between crying and whining. Okay. When you cry it's because something's really going on there. You're really actually hurt. Okay. Whining is something else different. You know, eh, eh, my son does that sometimes, eh, you know, and it's like you, Hey, you got to have that conversation, you know, talk to him. What's wrong? What's going on? Cause this whining, you know, is not going to be it communicate, you know, I'll let you do it for a little bit, but eventually you need to talk to me. You need to tell me what's going on because you can't grow up just whining, thinking you're going to get what you want. So I allow it to happen for so long, but eventually I try to teach him to communicate. And so we taught my son sign language. So a lot of the times he's speaking sign language to us. If he wants food, it was hard for him to tell us what he wanted, um, you know, by speaking because he didn't, you know, know how to talk that well, obviously. Um, surprisingly, as a one year, he talks a lot um, for his age. But, you know, we started teaching him sign language and it was another way for him to start expressing himself and telling us what he wants. So um, thank you so much. Those are five ways to become more vulnerable with your children. Uh, if you like this topic, you want me to go deeper into this in other episodes, I'll be more than happy to do that. Uh, but for now, I want to thank you for uh, for listening to me on this. And uh, again, make sure you're hitting me up on um, social media if you have any questions and uh, you're joining the community on Facebook and we can discuss these topics terp, um, <laughs> deeper on a deeper level. Sorry, I talk so fast and so much. My, I just I get exhausted <laughs> but uh, I want to thank you for joining and like I always say make sure you stay present and be conscious always I'll see you in the next episode of the Modern Dad Society podcast <laughs>